Welcome to Echo, the podcast where we share our personal perspectives on questions about God, spirituality, and the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm Ryan Becker, your host. No matter who you are, we hope that you find value and encouragement through real discussions about real things. Let's jump in. This episode of the Echo Podcast is sponsored by Southern Adventist University. Welcome to the Echo Podcast, podcast where we talk about um, all questions and faith issues that young adults are facing. Granted, we don't talk about all of them in one episode, but we like to talk about as many as we can. Um, today's uh, is something I'm nervous about. If I'm being 100% honest, this is something that I don't think we've traditionally done well, in my own opinion, but um, it is something that I think we do need to talk about today and hopefully dispel some myths and free some people um, today with with some of, um, at least with some of what I want to say. Um, I don't know what your agendas are. I know what <laughs> mine is. Um, but um, you, uh, I do want to introduce our guests first off the bat. So um, I am joined by two wonderful people today. So uh, Joe, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Joe Peretti. I am a pastor in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I have a child of one and a half and a wife. All right, cool. And Beth, what about you? Beth Grissom. Um, I'm a mom of three. And they're um, 27, 28, and 29. Ooh, so there you go. Um, and been married for 30 years. So awesome. Me. So we've got um, a wealth of experience at this table, and I'm really excited about that, um, especially when you're dealing with even this issue between kids too, but mm -hmm. schools, churches, you name it. Um, but today we're talking about you know confrontation. Um, the idea of, you know, reporting people as well and, and how do we handle situations where someone has done something and caused harm, mm -hmm. whether psychological, emotional, spiritual, or physical, but harm in general, when, you know, what's the, what do I do with that and how do I respond to that? And I want to start this by reading Matthew 18, which is Matthew 18, 15 to, um, I think it's 15 to 17, basically. And the reason we're going to do this is because this is the text, the passage that we use almost all the time. Whenever someone, you know, I hear pastors all the time, someone comes to them with an issue with another church member, and this is what we quote them. This is what we always tell people. And it's this pattern. So I'm going to read this so that we're not referencing it in any unclear way or anything. We just have it right here. And um, the text is, starts verse 15. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen to even to the church, listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Or let him be to you as someone that you don't associate with. That's quite literally what um, he's saying there. Um, which is funny that he uses the word Gentile. This is my inner pastor talking, when he was also trying to get them to rework their idea of how they regarded Gentiles in general. I do find that interesting. But so words of Jesus there, they're in red letters, um, unless you buy an ESV Bible, in which case the physical ones usually don't have red letters in them. I don't know why that is. I think it was a publisher decision. I'm a little bitter about it because I love the ESV. Um, so let's start. Um, you hear this passage, you hear about confrontation and, and you know, someone has hurt you or someone has harmed someone. And, you know, what do you think are um, some good times that you should, you know, good applications for this passage, like times where you would say, this is the thing that you should go do. You should go talk with them one-on-one, -on -one. then, you know, follow this, this model. Uh, I think it just as simple as a simple dispute, you know, if uh, 
let's just say you're disagreeing on uh, if I'm disagreeing with my wife on the picture frame uh, instead of going to you and saying, man, my wife is just not listening to me. I think the best thing to do is just to go and say, hey, yeah. you know, I, I feel uh, that I have a valid point or whatever, you know, try to keep it within an inner circle. I think the principle there is uh, very key where you try to con- keep the the issue. That's a safe issue. You know, I'm not talking about violence or anything like that. I'm specifically talking about just disagreements. Try to keep it in a smaller circle. You know, that way it doesn't uh, escalate to a point where it becomes a spectacle or brings shame to either. Yeah, the absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything? Yeah. Any thoughts there? It's okay if you don't. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Pretty so, much the same. I agree. Yeah. I think. I think. Simple too, things. When your goal in a in a if a situation is something that can be resolved or there can be a kind of clear resolution to it, whether it's the goal, especially if the goal is reconciliation, then I think that's also when you use that, right? So the the text said, if if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think this is something that. Um, I think this is something to say, like, yeah, when when the relationship has been fractured in a way that can be restored, um, whether it was a simple mistake or something, but it was your brother sins against you. That's the other thing. So the the application is um, the the application there is it is a personal thing. You know, um, Joe, um, I hurt you. Um, I did something that hurt you. You're not going to send Beth to come talk to me. Yeah. You're going to come talk to me. That's the the other side of it too. It's it's a it's a personal dispute between two people. Yeah. The only reason the community gets brought in is because we are all as Christians and, and believers in the faith community accountable to a greater a greater church. Um, I think the other the the third thing that I would say as far as application is concerned is is the thing that happened a sin. <laughs> if your brother sinned against you, if they just made a mistake and it was a misconstrued thing or miscommunication. That's a little bit different, um, yeah. and you don't need to. If they, you know, it's not always a matter of sin that they they intentionally did something to harm you or hurt you, and um, it could be something complete, a complete misunderstanding. So I think um, I think that's another w- w- area yeah. where that application is solid. Um, okay, so flip side, hmm. bad applications. When is it not okay to tell someone <laughs> to um, to confront the person who has sinned against them so to speak well maybe obviously when there's abuse when it's an abusive situation Mm -hmm. um when it's not a safe situation and that doesn't necessarily mean physically safe but even emotionally safer or otherwise so Mm -hmm. sometimes it is just you know it's just ridiculous to to, to say that to people so Uh, i completely agree um i think another issue is uh if it's uh if it's something that that deals with the broader community, you know, I I think that's something that needs to be addressed by by that entity. If yeah. that makes so sense. So public, uh, something public being addressed publicly. Yeah. Something private being addressed privately. Exactly. Okay. So I, so I think we may need to make that distinction of what what level are we talking mm-hmm. about? Uh, because if if you do something to you know, bring shame to whatever the group is, I'm not gonna, and I'm literally miles away from no. I'm in Raleigh, you're in Chattanooga or in Charlotte, yeah. wherever you may be, for me to come to you and address the issue, it's just not, that's... It's not feasible. Exactly. That's yeah. uh, So I think that's something that the context should define and, and yeah. determine how we address it. 
Um, I agree. Um, I, I, I agree. I do think in, in issues of a public thing too, once again, if it's not an intentional, like I'm trying to lead people astray or do something, then I think there are some private conversations okay. that then lead to a public correction, mm -hmm. not a public rebuking of someone who didn't mean to harm people. Yes. Um, but I think I agree with, with you, Beth, on, on abuse. Um, that's huge. I think, I think the big three are like abuse slash physical harm and criminal behavior. It, it is funny to me and not the good kind of funny to me that, you know, we would never tell someone whose car got stolen. We would never tell them, go confront, confront. go confront <laughs> yeah. them. The and, you know, and if not, then you need to tell them, wait here. I need to go get a couple people yeah. and come. That's not going to go well. Um, and they're not going to wait. But like we never tell someone who's done something criminal. We never or like who's had something criminal done to them to go and confront the criminal one on one. Yeah. And yet we do that with abusers and all we tell time. victims all the time. I say we. Um, I've seen in and outside of Adventism it happen. Um, I say, I, I'm not saying we as in this table, I don't know what this table's experience has been, but, um, I can, I know that I haven't done that at least. Um, the, um, but yeah, we, we've, we've told people like, you need to do it. You, you know, you're not handling it like Jesus and, and, um, criminal behavior is the other one. It's not meant to they broke the law. There's a different system of accountability there. They've yes. done something where they're not just accountable to the faith community; they're accountable to the nation or the the, the government that they're 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 a part of. Um, and the last the last one for me is the the application where this is bad is if it's an unequal relationship. Mm. So, um, yeah, the 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 passage is if your brother sins against you, mm -hmm. that's that equal relationship. Mm -hmm. If it's someone who has power over you, if there's a power differential, then um, then confronting them is not, they're just going to, I mean, any number of things could happen, but they could silence you for in any way, shape or form. They could silence you. Mm -hmm. They could, they could, uh, shun you. They could reject you. They could impact any number of things because they have power over you. That's one of the reasons an abusive relationship or abusive relationship is automatically an unequal one mm -hmm. because one person, whether it's physical, they're, they're dominating and they've taken more of the power you can't confront them. You'll just be abused again. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's this it's sending someone back to the back to the lions, and um, so I think if if that power differential is unequal, there needs to be a different system of accountability in place. This was not meant. I don't think this was meant to be a prescription for every single tiny thing that ever happens. <laughs> um, and I think we try to use it that way partially because we don't want to get involved or take on the burden oh. of someone else's problems, or we don't want to. Um, you know, we just want to brush it under the rug as quickly as possible and be done with it. Um, and that's a temptation that even I had had in my ministry, in my time as a full-time pastor, and even now um, doing ministry, it's something that I have actively had to find. I'm really busy. I don't have the time to deal with this right now. Yeah. You go and talk to them. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. Um, in, I'm grateful that it hasn't. I haven't had that temptation with anything really, really like endangering, and, you know, endangering someone, but it has happened in small stuff that shouldn't have been handled that way. Well, I'm so. one of the big advocates of, you know, every single state should be a state that requires uh, reporting for whatever yeah. criminal action may be. Uh, you know, I'm I'm of the ones that if I hear something, you know, I am going to go and mm -hmm. report this to the proper authorities. I'm not going to sit there and say, well, you know, five-year-old girl, go to your, yeah. you know, abuser and tell them, you know, let's fix this. Let's not do this anymore. It's, that's not going to happen. Uh, I believe that there is at that point you have crossed a a boundary that's outside of the community of faith that our civil government, God has placed a civil government to address issues like this. Because I can say, I can 
say, okay, yeah, you're not going to elder. You know, if we're using an elder, for example, you can't preach or you can't lead something. You can't be an elder anymore. But that's it. That's all I can mm-hmm. do. I can't do anything beyond that. And I believe that there is uh, consequences to to your actions. And at that point, you just need to go and report it. Just do what you have to do. One of the things that I, it was something I learned early on in ministry, and um, I get it for a lot of people. I still am early on in ministry. That's fine. Um, the One of the things that I learned early on was um, to was how grateful I was when someone confronted me on anything. If you criticized me or disagreed with me in church or wherever and you and you came and spoke to me about it, I thanked them because the very act of them talking to me about something that could tick me off or hurt my feelings meant that A, they respected me enough to think that I could handle it, but mm. B, they trusted me mm-hmm. to not lash back at them or to not try and have any sort of power over them, right? They trusted me enough. Um, I think that's that's the the other thing between confrontation and reporting is, is this someone that you can even be safe reporting? Or, I mean, confronting. Mm-hmm. Right. If, if if it's not if it's someone who's abusing their power in general or abusing their position in general, they may, you know, you may need to go a different direction in order to seek a resolution. Absolutely. Um, so it is it it is um, something that's really important, and I learned to be grateful, and I would literally thank people even if I disagreed with them on what they said, or, you know, maybe they misunderstood it, or it was something that I did terribly wrong. I'd say, thank you so much for telling me this, because I couldn't make it right if I didn't realize what I had done. Yeah. Um, so it was something that's huge. It's something I ask all the time of people, like, tell me if I, if I mess up. I can't fix it if I don't know what's wrong. So, um, okay, so in the, in the instance where we are going to confront someone, how do I do it? Like, what? I, um, I, I asked that from the, I, I know how I would do it, but like, how do we confront someone? How do we start that conversation with, with someone who has wronged us or hurt us? Well, I think, first of all, you know, you brought it up that, that it's between equals, but brother and the word brother also implies not just equals, but a relationship. Yes. That there's already an established relationship there. This is not about, you know, two barely acquaintances or I saw someone across the church and oh he sinned so let me go point this out to him mm. you know what i'm saying that's not what this is about this is about two people in relationship yes so you know hopefully if you already have a relationship established that gives you a place to start from you know hey can we have a conversation you know i need to talk to you yeah that's huge um that's a good one. i really like that insight too um i think we, we we feel like it's our duty because we are accountable to a greater community we think it's our duty to speak into people's lives where they haven't given us permission to and like, oh, you shouldn't be doing this in church, or you shouldn't be doing that, or you shouldn't be doing this. And it's like, hold up. Like, you don't know any, you don't know any <laughs> of my motivations for making the decisions I've made. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I call that trying to be the Holy Spirit and step in and be the Holy Spirit mm. in place of him. Oh, that episode's and... done. That is everything. <laughs> uh, no, that's huge. You know? Wow. Thank you. Yeah, sometimes, that's huge. sometimes the Holy Spirit is taking us on a journey and helping us work through some things. And it's not time for the other things. And other people may be seeing those things, yeah. you know, but it, he's not ready to take me there or to take you there. How dare I step in his place and mm. try to, you know, try to, you know, make my agenda where I see them falling when, when he's wanting to, you know, work yeah. on them in other ways. So there's no place for that. And this is about when they have hurt you and it's mm-hmm. yes. you going to them and it's mm-hmm. in this relationship where you're saying, you know, hey, <laughs> we need to have a conversation because you hurt me. Yeah. yeah. And, and that kind of 
goes into what I was going to mention is, you know, we need to pray before confrontation ever happens because mm -hmm. there is that selfishness, that ego will always be there. Mm -hmm. uh, as, as human beings, we will always be defensive of ourselves. So if I, for any reason, feel like you have hurt me or stepped a boundary, even if it wasn't towards me, no, uh, maybe you ate the wrong food item in my presence or something along those lines. Yeah. You know, now I feel that I need to reprimand you because you have offended me. Uh, before you do that, you need to pray. You know, you just need to start off with, with God. Okay, God, what's, what's going on? Why did I get offended? What is it about this situation that I'm hurt and why am I hurt? Mm -hmm. And then once you answer those questions, then I think the next question has to be, do I know this person? Do I know Ryan? Can I go up to Ryan and say, you know, hey, man, you look the wrong way or you wore the wrong tie yeah. with the wrong shirt or something? No. And it needs to start there. Yeah. I think, too, um, not confronting when you're still heated um, mm -hmm. is big mm -hmm. and, and like taking time to um, what you just said is huge. I remember one time I, I felt slighted by a um, by someone in the school community and I was so angry. I um, I. I was so disrespected and so angry because the situation that they had disrespected was so important to me. And I went back to someone older and wiser than me that same day. And I basically said like, am I, this is what happened. Am I mad over nothing or am I like, am I justified here? I just need to know if this is a me thing or if it's actually a them thing. <laughs> um, and check yourself with people that you trust. It's not gossip. If you're really trying to figure out a way to reconcile and figure something out. Mm -hmm. Gossip is is idle talk negative about someone else that has no constructive purpose other than just to trash them or um, it's idle talk. But that mm -hmm. is talk with a purpose about a situation seeking guidance and wisdom. Um, so I think that's number one. Number two, I think the, the word before was big. Praying before confrontation. I think the other side of that is um, preparing your friendship or relationship for how you will wrestle with confrontation or mm. problems before mm. they come up. Yes. The first time that you talk about dealing with a confrontation should not be a confrontation. <laughs> um, and and even whether it's as a couple or as friends, like um, figuring out like, hey, how do we handle something if it comes up? How do we, you know, as friends, what is the way that you handle confrontation? I know people who shy away from it. I need to know that. Um, I need to know how if there's something wrong, um, you know, if, if, if there's something wrong and a girlfriend and I get in a fight and she's someone that shies away from it, I'll think that she's ignoring me and I've done something wrong if I don't know that she's just trying to process it and yeah. needs space and time to do so. Um, so understanding how the other person may work because this is someone you have a relationship with. Yeah. So preparing your friendship to navigate those I've confrontations. I've never thought of that before. That's yeah. brilliant. Thank you. Done it in mm -hmm. marriage you, relationship, but never yeah. in other relationships. Yeah. So it was really it great. was something I realized when I'd also realized that I wasn't comfortable praying with any of the friends in my life, mm. where I was awkward and it felt like mm -hmm. it was, and I was like, "That's not okay." No, um, there's something yeah. incomplete about this, and I need to be comfortable in these areas and actually like state my intentions here. Yeah, um, that's really so, great. And just being clear and straight up with that, and it may end up that that conversation is awkward, but hey, that's community. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is absolutely community. So. Um, then last thing I want to say, any words of encouragement, any final thoughts that you guys have for anyone who is dealing with a, a conflict or, you know, an issue where they may have to confront or report someone, what would you say to them? If you need to report someone, report someone. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, 
have courage and also be willing to be vulnerable enough with some safe people. You know, yeah. find find the safe person that you can lean on, that you can walk through this process with. Um, but yeah, don't mm-hmm. don't hesitate. Uh, just adding to that, if you can't report someone, find someone that will help you report them for you. Don't. Yeah, have an advocate. Yes, don't. If you're terribly afraid of going to the police or whatever, the proper authorities, find someone. Listen, find you can someone report in. things anonymously too, yes. and mm-hmm. and and there's no shame in doing that. And and we also have to remember that reporting is not convicting. Yes. But reporting is simply turning it over to the proper authorities mm-hmm. for them to do the investigating and figure out what's actually yes. going on. And but we have got to start doing it yes. and stop sitting on our hands and and just mm-hmm. start stop trying to brush things under the rug. And you know, there's no place for that. There's yeah. no place for that in a community of believers. Absolutely. Yeah. Both yeah. on the victim side and the both. Yeah. Uh, and on the, the the side that accepts the reports to yeah. take those we have a duty to take those reports seriously and to investigate them not simply take an accusation at its word but also affirm someone in their experience and and the courage they took to report and um but also understanding that yeah you do need to do some investigative work and move and here are the steps that we take moving forward there's a balance yeah absolutely um so that's huge um and i would say we we have a responsibility to ourselves to each other to mm-hmm. report someone let me put it this way um, they find, I, I learned this recently, they find that by the time a sexual assault, a, a sexual abuser or um, is put in jail or convicted for his first crime, he already has, he or she um, may already have anywhere between 50 to 150 victims. Yeah. It's, so it's likely mm-hmm. that you are not the first. Yeah. And if, and but you might be the first to speak up. And what happens more often than not, we saw it, I think, with um, Larry Nasser. And we see it with megachurch pastors all over mm-hmm. um, where once one person comes forward, the floodgates start to open. That's right. And that's when justice finally can can take place. Um, so I'm not trying to victim shame or guilt anyone into reporting. I'm just saying we, we there there is there's there's more at stake here and we need to remember the bigger picture. But we also even those who are not being abused need to have our eyes open. Yes. yes. You know, we need to have our eyes open and watch out for things mm-hmm. and you know, if something starts feeling yeah. a little off, listen to yourself, you know, and don't wait, you know, for proof. You don't have to wait for proof. You know, it doesn't call you don't you don't need proof to report. That's the job of the next step. You yes. know? Your your job is to report. And so yeah. we gotta make sure we're doing it. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate this conversation. And I hope if you, if listener, if you are someone who's in this kind of boat in any shape, way, shape or form, uh, I hope this gave you some concrete steps you can take um, or some words of encouragement for your situation and, and, and validation and affirmation. Um, we really hope that this is something that you can identify with and resonate with. But also, I'm sorry if it is something that you can identify and resonate with. And if you have reported and someone has shamed you into silence or um, you know, disrespected your, your, um, or devalued your experience in your life. Um, I'm sorry if that's happened and I'm sorry if it's happened in the church. Um, and I want you to know that you are a valued member of God's, of the, of the, of the church of God, of, Amen. of his body. And he values you and, and, and loves you and, and desires more for your life than this. And so, um, if you were in that position, I, I would urge you to find someone that you can speak to, um, take it to God in prayer as well. And, and, um, report where necessary. Um, so thank you for journeying with us through this. Um, and if you want to check out more 
content from Echo or any of the other cool young adult content that, that the Carolina Conference is putting out, go ahead and head on over to theprojectrefresh.org. Check out any of the social media in our show notes and um, like Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Echo. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay up to date with new episodes as we release them, and for more awesome content from Project Refresh, a ministry of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. And don't forget to like and leave a comment. This episode of the Echo Podcast is sponsored by Southern Adventist University.